up, nerds? ESPN Plus, the ESPN You won't see a team play worse than my team played yesterday. The New York Jets' performance yesterday was an embarrassment. You, you hired somebody that doesn't even understand what an SC Trojan is all about. Like, stop! Hi, I'm Brian Barnhart, voice of the Fighting Illini, and this is your home for Fighting Illini Sports. 98.9, the game. And now, broadcasting live and local, from the 98.9, the game studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. I'll ride with the wolves. I'll run with the wolves. I'll run with the wolves. And Eric Fry. Why are all the fingers getting pointed at me? It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in to this Wednesday, December 14th, 2022. Eric Fry here hanging out with you with the starting lineup. Letting the bagpipes play a little bit there. I like that. I like the bagpiping right there. Got a good show lined up for you today. I'm flying solo today. So we got uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. We'll get to some NBA, some college basketball. We'll get to some NHL and the big news that happened there last night. Also got some NASCAR news. I've been sitting on a couple of days, and so we'll try and get that either now uh, in the show or maybe we'll get to it in the podcast. Also in the podcast, we'll look at this day in sports history, plus all your local action. We'll talk about Altamont uh, Indians basketball as they own played last night how they did well we'll tell you in just a little bit as well as get you caught up on all the other games that happened last night both high school boys and girls as well as preview games going on tonight in uh the high school area around here as well so let's get things going let's not waste any more time and let's start with a little first things first before we get into the show First things first. And first things first, we're going to begin with the news that came out late last night that Carlos Correa has agreed to a 13-year 300 with the San Francisco Giants. A record-long deal that is the richest ever for a shortstop, and it gives the team a franchise-type player around which it plans to build the free agent path, as we know about Correa. You know, he could have gotten that much money last year, but instead he took less money to be with the Twins, opted out after the first season, and now is being rewarded after the market just exploded for shortstops this year. The $350 million exceeds the $341 million shortstop Francisco Lindor received from the Mets, and the $340 million that Fernando Tatis Jr., got with the Padres and only Mike Trout's $426.5 million deal with the Angels, Mookie Betts' $365 million contract with the Dodgers and Judd's that he signed earlier this year exceeded in value. So how about that? This is about a year after he turned down a five-year $160 million contract with the Astros, with whom Correa, of course, blossomed into a star. So uh, there you go. The Giants, hey, they paid him like a superstar. They, uh, it's the first contract the Giants have signed for over $100 million plus since they gave it to pitcher Johnny Cueto, who got a six-year $130 million deal back in December of 2015. So as the revolving door continues here on the shortstop market and the uh, musical chairs, it's coming to an end. And there is one guy left standing. I think that's the guy who woke up this morning feeling the best. And that's Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson now holds the shortstop market in his hand. He can pick whoever he wants to go with because of who else is out there, which 
is no one. As far as tears go after Dan B. Swanson, there's really no one else there. He's it. He's the last guy that is left as far as that goes. So I think, you know, considering all of the free agents and all of the catchers and seeing what they've gotten, Correa, 13 years, $350 million. Then you also look at um, the uh, Padres, Xander Bogarts, uh, 11 year, $280 million. Um, and then uh, the, uh, was it the... Who else got big this with uh oh Trey Turner, of course. Trey Turner was the third one. Eleven years, three hundred million. Now Correa has exceeded that. Both those, by the way, include full no trade clauses, and Correa's has a no opt-out either. So he's gonna be there for eleven years, which is or thirteen years, which is just insane. Like I get it. He's he's young. But 13 years is a long time. But there's benefits to signing someone for that long. And what are those benefits? You can defer payments. You can spread that out. And so, of course, you know, I I try not to come back to it because, you know, it it just makes me upset. But I got to go with what, you know, to me, to me here, Eric, talking to you matters. And that is with the Cubs. You know, the Cubs were long rumored to be with Correa. He was going to be the guy. He was it. He, you know, everyone, Cubs and Correa, Correa and the Cubs, it was talked. And then the past couple of days, there really hadn't been quite as much there on the Cubs-Correa talk. And then suddenly there is no talk. And then that's it. And he is gone to the Giants. So, um, to me, the Cubs, of course, swung and missed. I mean, the fact that we weren't talking about them in the Korea market here the past several days tells you that they were not in the market. They were not close enough to be considered a finalist for Korea. And to me, that is abysmal. That is absolutely awful for this Cubs front office. And I know the listeners get so tired of hearing of it, and I'm sorry. I, I really am sorry. But... As a Cubs fan, it is just so frustrating. And I think here's why. The past two years, all right, this is the messaging that the Cubs front office has given us. Well, they they told us last year, this is not a rebuild. Then we were told, you know, we traded for you, Darvish. Well, the timeline of the prospects we got for you, Darvish, that's not our timeline for this team. Then we traded away everyone. Then last year, we signed Stroman and Suzuki, which is kind of odd signings. Then we're told that we're going to spend intelligently this offseason. Then we're told that we're not ready to go all in on spending this offseason. Then we're told that the Cubs management has the green light to spend all the money they want from the Ricketts family. And then as of last week, the Cubs were going to be able to land not one, but two possibly of these big time free agent shortstops. Then we also heard that the Cubs aren't willing to give out more than a three-year deal. If you are not willing to give out more than a three-year deal, guess what? You're not getting Dansby Swanson. You're just not. With the market for the shortstops that we have seen, he is not going anywhere for less than at least eight or nine years, I'd say. He's 28 years old. He has seen what everyone else has gotten. Everyone else has gotten 10 plus. Everyone else has gotten double digits. Is he the fourth out of the top four shortstops? Yes, he is. But that doesn't mean he's not good. A 5.7 war, an OPS, a 115, he is good. He's not Correa. He's not you know, Trey Turner. He's not those guys. But he's still a very, very good shortstop. He's not Xander Bogarts. But he's still a very, very good shortstop. And the fact that if you're the Cubs... I hate to say it, I feel bad for Dansby Swanson because if he goes to the Cubs, which he's not going to, he's not going to because the Cubs are not going to offer him what he should make. I'm glad he's not going to Chicago if he ends up not going to Chicago because no matter what, he is going to be criticized if he goes to Chicago because he's not the one the Cubs wanted. Now, maybe Cubs management wanted that, but we as fans don't know that because they're not talking to us. They're not telling us what the plan is if you're a Chicago Cub fan anymore. 
whether you like the Cubs or you don't like the Cubs or whatever your position may be, at least for your baseball team, you know kind of what the plan is. You know what their goal is in the offseason. You know where the team is heading. Even someone like a Pittsburgh or Kansas City, you know that the goal is to try and get young players, bring them up, cultivate them, and then flip them for more prospects. That is the goal before they get the big extensions. That's the goal for teams like that. We as the Cubs don't know what our plan is. We don't know what we're supposed to be. And even if the Cubs do get Dansby Swanson, you're going to have to overpay him. You're going to have to because, again, the Red Sox are looking for a shortstop. The Braves are looking for a shortstop. The Cardinals, we know, have been on the outskirts looking for shortstops. The Cubs, he holds all the cards because after him, you got to go a long ways to find another shortstop that is even close to being what those guys are. Elvis Andrews, who's 34, is not going to be Correa or Swanson level of, of, of a shortstop. He's just not. You know, he's older. He's been around longer. He'll come cheaper, which means that's probably where the Cubs will go if they want to get a shortstop. Or Brandon Drury. Or Segura. Maybe that's where Chicago is going. Maybe they're not going big. But tell us you're not going big. Don't tell us that you're going to go big and then do nothing. Nothing at all. And let's talk about the Cubs for a second. At the end of this year, are you ready for this? At the end of the year, the Cubs could lose Ian Happ. We know he's going to be a free agent. Kyle Hendricks can get bought out. Jan Gomes can get bought out. Cody Mellinger only signed a one-year deal. Also, by the way, Marcus Stroman could opt out. Yeah, so the big signing you signed, Marcus Stroman, he could opt out. After the Cubs signed Tyon and Bellinger, the Cubs' luxury tax payroll is up to $176.5 million. That puts them at $54 million below the first luxury tax threshold. That's the first tax threshold. They could have $45 million more to spend this offseason. But next season, are you ready for this? You're getting the Hayward contract, which again, you're, you, you had to buy him out. That's coming off the books. If Hendricks, you buy him out, that's 15.5 mil. Gomes is 7 million. Bellinger's 17 million. And Hap's 10.6, and he's a free agent. That's $72.1 million that the Cubs will have to play with next year. And if Stroman opts out, that's another 21 million. That's 92 million dollars that the Cubs could spend next offseason. But guess what? They won't. They won't. Because we were told this was his offseason to spend. With the economy being what it is in the baseball world, with labor negotiations that just happened that, remember, caused the first part of the season to be you know, delayed, labor talks are good right now. Everyone's at peace. All the teams made money this year. This was the offseason to spend, and we're seeing it because it is the highest spending offseason in MLB history. This offseason. And the Cubs are nowhere to be found. They're sitting on the sidelines. And to me, that is absolutely ridiculous. Again, you are a top three market team. You have the second highest fan experience in baseball. It costs fans the second highest amount. And since, you know what, you're not telling us what we're going to do, you're going to leave us in the dark and not be transparent with your fans, guess what? I think now is the time, as we said, quit buying that Cubs gear. Quit buying those Cubs tickets. Get off the marquee network. Don't tell your friends to get excited about the season. Like, this is, as Cubs fans, what we need to do. Because right now, it is not a fun time to be a Cub fan. Because, yes, this Cubs team is different. But even back when, you know, we were going through it with, when, when Theo first came, if you remember, it was not smooth sailing as soon as he got, you know, at... Theo Epstein said that you can't turn an ocean liner on a dime. And that is true. That is true. But at least they told us and let us know what we were doing. In 2012, 2014, it was a rebuild. It was a full stop rebuild, shining short term contracts, flipping players to the deadline, drafting high, acquiring prospects. 2015, we started promoting those prospects, signing some key free agents like a John Lester. Crack that window open. If we win, we win. If we don't, we don't. But it's all good. 2016, 2018, all in. This is it. We're going to trade away our best prospects, keep the window alive. We're going to try and compete from 2016 to 2018. 2019 to 2020, yeah, we're just going to ride it out and hope for the best, see what happens. And 2021 to 2022, 
we're totally not rebuilding, but we kind of are, but we're not telling you. And for 2023, who knows? Who knows what we're doing? Because they're not communicating with the fans. And that, to me, is the most frustrating aspect of all of this. Don't send me mixed messages. Don't tell me you're going to do one thing and do the complete 180, exact opposite. And that's exactly what we've heard. And if the rumors that, you know, oh, the Cubs are going to spend big this offseason, Jed Hoyer has the checkbook open from the Ricketts, if that's not true, come out and say it's not true. Come out and say those rumors are not true. But you didn't do that either. You just let it sit there. And to me, that's the most frustrating aspect. And that, to me, has me fired up. And that's why I am so upset. You know, Correa, I think the contract, I think the Giants overpaid a little bit for him. I do. But I, with what the market was giving them, they had to get him. They, they felt that they needed to get that shortstop, much like other teams. And they were willing to pay. And other teams weren't, obviously. The Cubs were not willing to pay. Now you look at, like we said, Dansby Swanson is it. He's the last of the big four shortstops sitting there. You got the Twins. You got the Braves. You got the Cubs. You got the Red Sox. You got maybe the Cardinals. And who knows who else? Who knows who else is out there? So, to me, that's a big swing and a miss for the Cubs. Again, uh, Correa, as we said, $350 million dollars. For 13 years. He's getting more years. He's getting four more years, by the way, than Aaron Judge. How is that? That is absolutely, absolutely crazy. But the Giants needed him. Their shortstops last year batted 231, 22nd among all teams. So they definitely needed him. They definitely got him. We'll see how it works out. But if you're a Chicago Cub fan, it's getting very hard to still be a Chicago Cub fan. I may not be wearing as much uh, Cub gear this year as I have in years past. And I definitely, you heard the bumper that we play about me being not being excited for opening day. Oh, I'm definitely not excited for opening day coming up this year. But hey, we did sign someone, the the Cubs did, uh, Ben Deluzio, the former Cardinal outfielder. We signed him to a minor league contract. So, yeah. Couldn't get a big guy, but we signed a minor leaguer. Not there's anything wrong with that, but... It's just frustrating. So, anyways, that'll do it for this. Coming up, we'll take a look at local sports in just a little bit. You're listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. Unfortunately, while the holiday season is an exciting time of year, it is also a time when people can become more vulnerable to theft and crime. Shop during daylight hours whenever possible. If you must shop at night, go with a friend or a family member and park in an area with adequate lighting. Avoid carrying large amounts of cash. Never leave your car unoccupied with the motor running or with children inside. Remain aware of your surroundings at all times and move to and from your vehicle with confidence and purpose. This is Deputy Chief Kurt Davis with the Evingham Police Department. From our EPD family to yours, we wish you a safe and happy holiday season. Hi, this is Brent with McMahon Meats to let you know we will be giving away a Christmas meal. Just go to our Facebook page, like and share our post from November 28th only for your chance to win a Christmas meal. That includes a whole bone-in ham, prime rib, bacon, whole hog rope sausage, and pulled pork. Also, now through December 24th, buy one $50 gift certificate, get one $5 gift certificate for free. Stop by today on Route 40 between Totopolis and Effingham or visit us on Facebook. McMahon Meats, where quality and convenience meet tradition. Greet the season with savings as the countdown to Christmas begins at Rule King. Take 20% off our entire inventory of toys for the kids and save another 30% on all hoodies, sweatshirts, and sweatpants for the whole family. Plus, save up to $90 on DeWalt cordless drill sets. Your choice for just $149.99. Save on these Christmas countdown sale items and more at RuleKing.com or your neighborhood Rule King. America's farm and home store. Football season is underway, so now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up with promo code PLAY. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. So sign up today with promo code PLAY for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT-STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat 
in Connecticut, 1-800-9 with it in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP-LOUISIANA, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY, or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. And now... But mm-hmm. I just noticed, what an impeccable watch you are wearing, Travis. Hmm, thank That's you. That's your I fancy watch. I got it as a gift. I only get it out on special occasions. The starting lineup. That's that's the fancy watch. Yes, sure. <laughs> that's an extravaganza watch. That, that is. Exactly. That is a playoff extravaganza watch. So On 98.9 The Game. Welcome back into the starting lineup here on 99 The Game. Time to talk some local sports, and we'll begin with the Altamont Indians last night as Altamont hosted Carlisle, and it was Altamont who came away with the win, 53-35. to Altamont started out the game nicely with uh, six opening quarter turnovers by Carlisle. It's a balanced scoring effort from Dylan Elam as well as Mason Robinson, both scoring five in that opening quarter. A switch up in the starting lineup tonight as well, or last night, as it was Wyatt Phillips getting the nod and Caden Earhart sliding in for Eric Coleman, who was out due to an illness. Altamont got the 17-12 lead after one uh, and would just continue after that. Uh, low scoring there in the second quarter. Altamont was only able to get seven points on the board but Carlisle only got six, so Altamont still led at the half, 24-18. to 18. And then finally in the third quarter, Altamont got a 10-9 to 9 lead in the quarter, so they led 34-27 to 27 after three, and Avery Yarhouse finally hit his first three of the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, Cornette had a three, and Mason Robinson has some free throws, so he was 10-11 of 11 from the line for the night to close things out, 53-35. to 35. So Altamont... Now 4-2 and two on the season. They're going to be back in action Friday night for Mega Night at Altamont as Altamont, both the boys and the girls, take on Alblong Pal Hut. Uh, it will be I think the girls starting at 6.30 and the boys starting at 8 o'clock. And we'll have both those games over on 105.5, 100.5 Jack FM. Altamont, like we said, was led by Mason Robinson. He had 18 points. Yarhouse had 9. Phillips with 8. Cornette with 8. Elam had 5. And Caden Miller had two. For Carlisle, they were led by Nahomas, who had 11 points. He was the only one in double digits for Altamont. So Altamont picks up the win there. Let's take a look at some other action that went on yesterday as at the St. Elmo Brownstown Holiday Tournament, it was Hillsborough defeating Mulberry Grove in the first game, 68-35. to And then St. Elmo Brownstown defeated Count Herrick Beecher City. Final score in that one, 63-38. to So both those teams will advance and play on Thursday in those games as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, it was, uh, we'll, we'll talk, talk St. Elmo Brownstown. They got out to a 19-9 lead over the Bobcats in the first and led 41-19 at the half. Uh, Cowden at Herrick, Beecher City would even hold with the Eagles um, in the third with each team scoring 13 points in the quarter. But uh, St. Elmo Brownstown outscored the Bobcats 9-4 in the fourth quarter to close out the win. So Cowden Herrick, Beecher City now 2-7 and seven on the season. SCB now 6-3. and three. Uh, Cowden Herrick, Beecher City will take on Mulberry Grove at 6-15 tomorrow. Samuel Brownstown is now 6-3. and three. They're going to play on the winner's side against Hillsboro at 7-45 again on Thursday. St. Elmo was led by Caleb Campbell, who had 16 points. Count Herrick Beecher City was led by Caden Calmy, who had 10 points as well. So that uh, is what happened over in St. Elmo last night. Another tournament that took place involving South Central as they were at the Conrad Allen Holiday Tournament down in Wayne City. And it was South Central falling to Lovejoy, 62-47. to South Central now lost four in a row. They're 3-4 and four overall. And South Central will continue to play in that tournament on Thursday. Aiden Dodson had 23 points for South Central. But he was the only one in double figures. Other action from the Conrad Allen Tournament. North Clay defeated Grayville 82-35. to North Clay all over them. <coughs> Excuse me. And Wayne City defeated Sandoval 55-36. Non-tournament action that happened yesterday. It was Topless getting the win over Effingham 66-38. Topless with the big win there last night. And then it was Newton getting the win 
over St. Anthony, 63-54. to Newton, three-headed scoring attack. Caden Nichols had 24 points. Parker Wolf added 16, and Dylan Geyer also added 16 for the Eagles. Wessendorf had 17 for St. Anthony, but he was the only one in double figures as uh, – Newton trailed actually by one. St. Anthony led 15-14 after the first quarter. And then St. Anthony actually led at the half as well. But it was two big quarters in the third and the fourth, 18-14 and 19-11 for the Eagles that were able to put them out in front. So Newton now 7-2 on the season. They'll be taking on Robinson on Friday. Big win for Newton. And I think we got to start talking about this Newton team being a seriously good team. Uh, Casey, speaking of seriously good teams, Casey defeated Nioga last night 52-38. to It was Tuscola getting the win over Heritage 54-22. Olney defeated Salem 49-28. Robinson got the win over Charleston 78-62. Mount Carmel defeated Flora 56-42. Paris got the win over Tri-County 62-28. And it was Arcola defeating Sullivan 50-44 in overtime. So an overtime game last night there between Arcola and Sullivan. In high school girls basketball from last night, it was FKM getting the big one over Charleston, 66-7. to And the one to me that I found uh, rather interesting, and that was uh, Vandalia getting the win over uh, Count Herring Beecher City as the Vandalia Lady Vandals used a second quarter scoring advantage to beat Count Herring Beecher City 61-51. to Vandalia outscored Count Herring Beecher City 13-11 to in the first, but the Bobcats would be outscored again in the second, 22-15. to That gave Vandalia the 35-26 lead at the half. Teams have battled back and forth, each scoring 14 in the third quarter as Vandalia continued to hold that nine-point lead, 49-40, heading into the fourth, uh, and then Vandalia outscored Count Herring Beecher City 12 to 11 in the final quarter as Vandalia now 7 and 4 on the season. They're going to have a week off before playing their fifth road game in a row at Brownstown St. Elmo. Count Herring Beecher City 8 and 4 on the season and they're going to be uh, taking on Altamont Thursday night for an NTC conference matchup. Vandalia led by Anna Forbes, who had 18. Bella Austin had 17. And Katie Eckert had 16 points. Count Herrick Beecher City was led by Macy Rodman, who had 16 points. Gracie Heckert had 13 points and 11 assists for a double-double. But it wasn't quite enough there for Count Herrick Beecher City as they fall heading into that Altamont game tomorrow night. Sarah Gordo also got the win over Clinton, 49 to 25, and it was Robinson defeating Terre Haute South 46-27 in girls basketball. In action going on today, high school boys basketball. Lawrenceville is going to be at Vincennes Rivet. Sarah Gordo will head to Tuscola. And at the St. Elmo Holiday Tournament, Windsor Stoostrongs will take on Patoka Odin. That'll be the nightcap. But the first game will be the Cumberland Pirates taking on the Ramsey Rams. That will be at 6.15, and that can be heard over on WCRA. And that uh, Cumberland, you know, just got the win on Saturday against Nioga, tried to build some momentum heading into the St. Elmo Holiday Tournament, uh, talking to Coach Radel post game there at Nioga and you know they Cumberland has never played well in the St. Elmo gym they just have not been able to adjust to the St. Elmo gym and so we'll see if they can do that here this week uh, and try and build some momentum Cumberland only two and four on the season uh, just got their second win on Saturday so they're definitely going to be looking to get another win here uh, coming up tonight. And again, you can hear that game over on WCRA. There's also a girls game going on as well tonight as South Central will travel to Oblong. Again, for a complete list of everything that went on in our area last night and is going on tonight, you can, as always, visit our website, effinghamradio.com. As we start to get into the thick of holiday tournament season, specifically not next week, but the following week. Got lots of games coming up as well. And we got more coming up right here on the starting lineup as we'll take a look at some NBA and see if there's any college basketball last night as well. So we head to the hardwood for the big boys on the way next. You're listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. From 98.9 The Game Studios, we'll be right back. At T-Mobile, we believe people deserve more without paying more. For a limited time, get four iPhone 14s with their amazing cameras on us and four lines for $25 a line. Wow, it's like expecting a Christmas caroler. Deck the hall with boughs of holly. But getting a whole choir. Deck the hall with boughs of holly. With an epic horn section, too. It's the season to be jolly. It's so cool. I'm capturing it all with the amazing camera on my new iPhone 14. 
Plus, T-Mobile has price lock guarantee. Unlike the other big guys, we guarantee we won't raise the price of your rate plan for talk, text, or data. So what are you waiting for? Switch to T-Mobile and for a limited time, get four iPhone 14s on us with eligible trade-ins and four lines for $25 a line. Get used to getting even more from T-Mobile. With 24 monthly bill credits and auto pay, plus taxes and fees for well-qualified customers with four line minimum. If you cancel service before 24 credits, credit stop and balance on required finance agreement for all devices is due. Price lock for rate plan price of current on-network service for eligible lines. Excludes taxes, fees, promos, and third-party services. See tmobile.com for details. You shouldn't let financial concerns spoil your retirement, and you shouldn't have to worry about what you'll leave for your family after you're gone. If you set up a tax-free inheritance for your loved ones with single premium whole life insurance, you can drop your worries and enjoy your retirement. Contact your local Pekin Insurance agent to request a single premium whole life quote. And in Effingham, call Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. Hi, this is Brent with McMahon Meats to let you know we will be giving away a Christmas meal. Just go to our Facebook page, like and share our post from November 28th only for your chance to win a Christmas meal. That includes a whole bone-in ham, prime rib, bacon, whole hog rope sausage, and pulled pork. Also, now through December 24th, buy one $50 gift certificate, get one $5 gift certificate for free. Stop by today on Route 40 between Teutopolis and Effingham or visit us on Facebook. McMahon Meats, where quality and convenience meet tradition. Do you have three ex-wives and your current trophy wife wants a life insurance policy three times the size of the policies you had to purchase for your previous mistakes? If so, you need to call Big Lou at Term Provider, 800-511-3535. Big Lou is intimately familiar with your problems, and if you're 50 or 60 years old and in reasonably good health, a $1 million policy should only cost about $100 to $200 per month. Big Lou may have a solution for your previous policies as well. You may even save enough money to lighten the load on your new $1 million policy. Remember, call Big Lou. He's like you, except he's only on number two. Call Term Provider, 800-511-3535. That's 800-511-3535. For a million dollars in term life insurance that you can live with, call Big Lou at 800-511-3535. And now, they play tonight. Tonight against Michigan. If you're listening Wednesday. The starting lineup. It's not going to happen. I mean, Michigan's overrated, but. Traff's mm-hmm. going to be so let down tonight. I'll report about it on Saturday. On 98.9 The Game. Eric Fry Sports Center update. The Blues are gearing up for a five-game road trip which begins tomorrow night against the Edmonton Oilers. Blues will try to build off their 1-0 overtime win against Nashville on Monday. Blues have earned at least a point in each of their last two games, but they are tied for fifth place in the Central Division with 27 points and a 13-5-1 record. St. Louis Cardinals are still pursuing the best remaining starting pitcher on the free agent market. The New York Post is reporting that Carlos Rondon would prefer to sign with the Yankees but that the Cardinals are one of three other known teams that are still trying to acquire the ace. The other two teams in the running are the Minnesota Twins and the San Francisco Giants. 30-year-old went 14-8 with a 2.88 ERA with San Francisco in 2022. Former Cardinals starting pitcher Kurt Simmons is dead at the age of 93. Simmons died of unspecified causes at his Pennsylvania home yesterday. Simmons spent most of his career with the Philadelphia Phillies for signing with the Cardinals during the 1960 season. He played with St. Louis until 1966, and he helped bring a World Series championship to the city in 1964. In college basketball action yesterday, Southern Illinois crushed Lincoln 88-51. Tonight, Southeast Missouri is at Arkansas State, and that game starts at 7 p.m. Blackhawks fans got to witness a piece of history, which we'll talk in a little bit, but Chicago suffered the 3-0 loss to the Washington Capitals as Chicago dropped 12 of his last 13 games and remains in last place in the Central Division with 18 points. Welcome back to the starting lineup. Eric Fry here, and let's head to the hardwood for a little bit. Let's start in the NBA last night as it was the 76ers getting the 123-103 win against the Kings. The Bucks got a big win in a showdown of 
what's supposed to be two good teams as they beat the Warriors 128 to 111. Uh, Steph Curry had 20 points for Golden State. Uh, others in double figures included uh, Poole, who had 18, Thompson had 14, and uh, Kaminga had 19 off the bench. DiVincenzo even had 16 points against his former team off the bench as well. And Draymond Green got a fan ejected. Uh, that's all I saw. I just saw the headlines. I, I Draymond is just Draymond. I everything he does, I just I I goes in one ear and out the other anymore. For the Bucks, they were led by Giannis. He had thirty, uh, also twenty five points off the bench from former Bull Bobby Portis. How about that? Good job, Bobby Portis. Uh, Chris Middleton had twenty, and it was Grayson Allen who had sixteen points as well from Milwaukee, who improved to twenty and seven. On the season, the Rockets took down the Suns. Yes, the Rockets, the nine and eighteen Rockets, took down the Suns, one eleven to ninety seven. Jazz beat the Pelicans, one twenty one to one hundred, and the Celtics got the win in overtime against the Lakers, one twenty two to one eighteen. It took overtime, but the uh, Celtics were able to get the win behind forty four points from Jason Tatum, who came alive there in that overtime period. Uh, Marcus Smart had eighteen as well as Jalen Brown had twenty five. LeBron put in thirty seven. Or 33, uh, Anthony Davis put in 37, uh, and Rustbrook had 20 off the bench. But that was uh, really it. No one else in double figures for the Lakers. So, Lakers, still not that great. Uh, let's look at, uh, real quickly here, let's look at those standings in the NBA because I always like to check the standings out here, you know, about this time of year and see kind of where everyone's at. Right now, Celtics are the one seed out in the East. Uh, making the playoffs, it would be the Bucks two. Cavs three, the Nets and all their turmoil, everything they've gone through. They're still the four seed. 76ers would be the five and the Knicks would be the six in the playing game. It would be the Hawks, Pacers, Raptors and Heat on the outside looking in right now is the Bulls, which I know I didn't think was going to happen entering the season, but they're only a game out. So they still have a chance on the West. Hey, I got to eat some crow here. And that's the Pelicans, 18-9 and nine on the season. I know they lost last night, but right now they're the one seed. And I hate saying I'm wrong, but I'll say at this point in time I am wrong. Zion playing pretty well for that Pelicans team. Um, now, I'll say it's because he's in a contract year, so of course he's playing well. But regardless, playing well, uh, Memphis tied there with the Pelicans for first. Then it's the Nuggets, the Suns, the Blazers, which I don't think a lot of people have the Blazers probably at five right now. And then the Clippers at six. Uh, seven. How about the Kings right there? I like that. Eight, the Jazz, nine, the Mavs, and ten, the Warriors. Outside looking in right now, the Timberwolves, which is surprising for me. They're, they're only a half game out. And the Lakers, who are two and a half back. So, um, like I said, Lakers, not that great. At least to me, anyways. College basketball action from last night. We'll see if we had any top 25 action. As it was Alabama escaping Memphis, 91-88. to as both teams put up 55 in that uh, second half. But uh, Alabama able to get the win. Number five, Houston got the win 74-46 over North Carolina A&T. And it was number nine, Arizona, beating Texas A&M Corpus Christi 99-61. Any Big Ten action yesterday? No Big Ten action yesterday. And there is some Big Ten action going on today. So some other top 25 action. <clears throat> including a big one, actually, uh, taking place later on tonight. Uh, Jackson State will take on number 17, Mississippi State. Georgia State takes on number 19, Auburn. And then on FS1, number 16, UCLA. They travel out east to take on number 20, Maryland. So there you go. Big 10 matchup there with the uh, Pac-12 and future Big 10 uh, teammate there, UCLA. There is one more Big 10 game going on tonight, as well as Arkansas Pine Bluff will travel to Minnesota. On the NCAA college basketball women's side, let's see, last night, I always like to give some uh, respect for the women here. Uh, on Tuesday, uh, top 25 action. Doesn't look like there was any top 25 action. Um, looking for schools around us. Uh, doesn't look like any Big Ten action or anything like that here uh, went on last night. Um, tonight, uh, actually, there's a game going on right now as Minnesota up by three against Milwaukee. Wisconsin's in action. Northwestern's in action as far as Big Ten action goes. Uh, top 25 action tonight. Number 13, Utah. Number 11, LSU. Number 20, Arizona. All in action as well. Uh, 
OVC any action tonight? Nah, not really. And uh, Missouri Valley, any action tonight? Nah, not really. So uh, not a lot of local teams in action here tonight on the hardwood. Uh, tomorrow on the girls' side, Indiana State will be in action. So there's that for you. Uh, also tomorrow on the girls' side, Rutgers in action Big Ten-wise. So, hey, there you go. How about some Big Ten girls basketball as well? So, uh We'll, we'll talk more college basketball tomorrow, I'm sure, um, whenever we get more into that and uh, stuff like that. But that is a kind of a, a look there at your uh, Big Ten and, and college basketball action from yesterday and what's going on tonight. And let's go ahead and let's move over to the ice. <coughs> As I mentioned it a little bit in that Sports Center read, um, but last night the Blackhawks. They fell to the Capitals. First of all, 7-3 to three is absolutely embarrassing. But when you give up three of those goals to Alex Ovechkin and he gets his 800th goal to complete the hat trick, uh, you tip your hat in that one and you say thank you very much and we are proud to be on the losing end of that one. So Ovi gets his 800th goal, becomes just the third player behind Wayne Gretzky and Gordie Howe to hit 800 goals. He finally does it. Of course, he did it on the road. He did it in Chicago. Stuff like that, you really want it to be at home, but uh, unfortunately, it had to happen on the road. Uh, the Capitals will be uh, at home tomorrow. So if he gets 801 to break that, uh, to, to tie Gordy Howe, he could do that back in Washington. So uh, that was one game going on, but hey, high scoring affairs all around in hockey last night. The Bruins beat the Islanders 4 to 3. The Sabres 6 to nothing over the Kings. Hurricanes 1 nothing victory over the Red Wings. Panthers 4 nothing over the Blue Jackets. Stars 4 to 1 over the Devils. The Lightning 6 to 2 over the Kraken. My Kraken as Travis would say. The Maple Leafs 7 to nothing against the Ducks. Oilers 6-3 over the Preds. It was the Knights 6 to 5 over the Jets. Like I said, a lot of high-scoring affairs. Avalanche 3 to 2 over the Flyers and the Sharks 3 to 2 over the Coyotes. Action going on tonight on the NHL ice. Canadians will take on the Senators. That's up in Ottawa. Hey, the Senators Possibly looking uh, for a new owner, possibly Ryan Reynolds. How about that? Hey, I love it anytime celebrities get involved with sports. Uh, Red Wings take on the Wild. That'll be your opening game on TNT tonight. And then the nightcap will be the Canucks and the Flames, a battle between two Canadian teams. Should be a decent one up there in O Canada. Calgary favored in that one as well. So there you go. That's a look at what's going on on the ice and what is going on on the hardwood here on this Wednesday. Well, we will take a break. When we come back, we will have a look at uh, NASCAR. Yeah, we'll get to that NASCAR news that I've been holding out on for a couple days. And actually, it doesn't. It has peripheral. It has to do with NASCAR, and I'll tell you more about that coming up in just a little bit. You're listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. We'll be right back to the starting lineup. We need to figure out what we're going to talk about the next segment. Winter storms create a higher risk of car accidents, hypothermia, frostbite, carbon monoxide poisoning, and heart attacks from overexertion. Winter storms, including blizzards, can bring extreme cold, freezing rain, snow, ice, and high winds. These storms can last a few hours or several days. Winter weather can cut off at heat, power, and communication services for undetermined periods of time. Prepare now for what this winter may bring. This is Sergeant Jared Purcell of the FEM Police Department, wishing all of our area residents a safe and happy winter season. Need assistance with door and window projects? The Home Depot can help. From inspiration and materials to ordering and installation, our free Millwork virtual apron service can get you moving and doing. Plus, we speak Spanish too. Our associates can help you tackle complex jobs without you leaving the job site, saving you time and money. Call us at 1-833-HD-APRON or visit homedepot.com slash MVA. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Traveling, volunteering, spending time with family. What's your retirement look like? With income planning from Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can help you grow and protect your wealth. They'll look at your full financial picture and help you create a flexible strategy that considers things like market conditions and healthcare expenses. So you can stop worrying about the future and enjoy whatever comes next. Visit fidelity.com slash income planning. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services member NYSE SIPC. 
Dale's Days of Deals start with fresh, limited quantity deals each day on tech to power every passion. Save on select XPS laptops and Alienware PCs powered by 12th Gen Intel Core processors. Don't forget special pricing on latest monitors, docks, and accessories, plus free shipping on everything and monthly payment options with Dell Preferred Account. Just call 877-AX-DELL for days of deal savings. That's 877-AX-DELL, 877-ASK-DELL. Meet Joe A, Hi. Joe B, Hello. and Joe C. What's up? Three everyday Joes perfecting their banking with Chase. Joe A is locking his lost debit card with the Chase mobile app. Joe B is cruising toward his new ride with AutoSync. And Joe C's Chase banker is helping him budget to go back to school. Tools that help protect, support for what's next. One bank that puts you in control. Visit chase.com slash checking. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Messaging and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. This is Firefighter Matt Carpenter with the Effingham Fire Department. With the cold winter months quickly approaching, the Effingham Fire Department would like to remind you of some heating tips to keep you safe this winter season. Improperly used space heaters are one of the leading causes of home fire deaths. Keep portable space heaters at least three feet away from walls, curtains, bedding, or other materials that may burn. Turn off portable space heaters when you leave the room and never leave them on when you go to bed. Also plug cords only into outlets with sufficient capacity and never into an extension cord. If you have a fireplace, have your chimney inspected at least once a year and cleaned and repaired as often as necessary. And always use a fireplace screen to prevent sparks from flying into the room. Remember to allow the ashes to cool completely before disposing of them and store removed ashes in tightly covered metal containers, never in boxes or bags. The Effingham Fire Department's main goal is to eliminate all emergencies due to improper heating. Remember, we can all do our part this winter season by eliminating fires. And now... And finally, the final team, the Chicago Bears... What do they do at quarterback? The starting lineup. Joe Flacco, right? Mike Glennon, Colt McCoy, uh, Geno Smith, Brian Hoyer, A.J. McCarron. That's the landing spot for Tyrod. What about Andy Dalton? On 98-9, the game. The only way the Bears get a quarterback improvement is by drafting one. Welcome back into the starting lineup. Eric Fry here with you. So I said I was going to do some NASCAR news, and I'm, I am going to. Um, but I, I wanted to talk. I didn't get a chance to talk about this yesterday before I had to get out of here. Um, I want to talk about uh, the NBA. The NBA and their awards. They've, they've announced name changes to the awards, and they've announced a new award. So first we have the NBA Clutch Player of the Year Award, which is an honor given to a National Basketball Association player who best comes through for his teammates in the clutch. This is going to be named after Jerry West. So was Jerry West like a clutch guy? I don't know. It was before my time. So that one may be okay, and, and I, may, I, I may be okay with that. Then they're moving. All right. So the MVP award, all right, is going to be named after Michael Jordan. Now, as I've said on this show multiple times, Michael Jordan, the best of all time, without a doubt. Top the ranking of the ESPN's ranking of the NBA's 75th anniversary team last season. However, However, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has more MVP trophies than MJ. So, I would name it after him. Right? Like, I understand that Kareem's the Social Justice Champion Award, which, again, didn't know that was a thing. Just created last year. Um, Which, again, I'm fine with. But I think you got to have... Right, you got to have the person who's won the award the most be the the award name. I mean, to me, now they they that's not the only one they renamed. They renamed the Rookie of the Year, the Wilt Chamberlain Trophy for the Rookie of the Year. 
I'm okay with that. The reason why is that uh, Chamberlain won both Rookie of the Year and MVP when he averaged 37.6 points per game in his first season. I'm fine with that. Fine with that one. The sixth man of the year is now the John Halvacek, uh sixth man of the year. Um, again, Halvacek was an 11-time All-NBA selection despite coming off the bench for several seasons. Um through his career, he uh, predated the creation of the Six Man Award. So he wasn't around when the Six Man was first there. So again, I'm okay with that. They have the George Micken Trophy for the most improved. Okay. Uh, he led the Lakers to five championships in the 40s and 50s again before my time. So I just have to go off of what I got there. So, But then they have the Hakeem Olajuwon Trophy for Defensive Player of the Year. And I know, you know, Hakeem won Defensive Player of the Year multiple times. That's not my argument. My argument is that he only won it twice. He only won it twice. There's two players who've won it three times, and there's two players who've won it four times. Why is it the Hakeem Olajuwon Defensive Player of the Year? To me, I'd be okay with calling it the Dikembe Mutombo Defensive Player of the Year because Hakeem was more known for his defense more so than his offense. Hakeem was known for both, right? Like, Dikembe's won the award four times. Ben Wallace has won the award four times. Why not call it the Ben Wallace Defensive Player of the Year Award? Or Dwight Howard, who was a three-time winner. The Dwight Howard Defensive Player of the Year Award. Or the Rudy Gobert. I get not Rudy Gobert. And I guess the argument could be made, well, but Dikembe, you know, the last time he won it was in 01, so maybe there's not enough time that's gone between when he won it and, you know, being named, you know, the award being named after him. Hakeem won his last award in 94, all right? Like, Hakeem won his two awards, 93, 94. In 95, it was Dikembe's, and then he won it in 97, 98, and 01. So, again, what are we talking about here? To me, I think this will be should be the Dikembe Mutombo Defensive Player of the Year. And I will call it as such from this point forward. So that came out yesterday, and I just wanted to, I just wanted to talk about it. They also have new designs for the trophy. And again, I get the MJ one. He is the, the best player, but again, he hasn't won the most MVPs. So that's that's where my hiccup is. But at least they're giving Kareem the the social justice which in all honesty cream cream would probably want that more so than the mvp just you know i don't know cream personally but just from what we've seen and what we heard i think he'd probably want that a little bit more than he'd actually want the mvp trophy named after him so I, that one doesn't bug me quite as much as the defensive player of the year the defensive player of the year should be dikembe mutombos period end of sentence and i will stay with that uh Forever, just like MJ's better than LeBron. All right, I want to move on to this NASCAR news and this preliminary, preliminary periphery. I, I think I'm saying that right. Uh, NASCAR news, and that is it came out a couple days ago that Tony Stewart's Superstar Racing Experience, or the SRX, is moving to ESPN on Thursday nights. Yes, it's going to revitalize. ESPN is going to revitalize its Thursday night thunder. It signed a multi-year agreement with the Superstar Racing Experience that begins in July. SRX will air on six summer nights as Thursday Night Thunder, which is ESPN's branding for motorsports programming that started back in the 1980s. <clears throat> Old programming showed grassroots racing from across the country. In fact, that's where drivers like Jeff Gordon uh, were first shown on a national scale was through those Thursday Thunder showing, uh, you know, tracks like uh, little, littler tracks around the area. So now to me, this is interesting for a couple of reasons. First of all, if you're the SRX, this is great for you. Now the ratings for SRX have not been great. They, uh, I think 1.4 million was their average in their first season. I think it went down to about 1.1, <coughs> excuse me, in season number two. That's not great, especially when, you know, they were projected or hoping to get in the three to four million range. But I think this is going to help them because they're moving to Thursday as opposed to Saturday night. Primetime Saturday night over the summer, people have other stuff to do. Like they're out. They're not going to be sitting in front of their TVs. Thursday nights, I think it's a great, great time to be back. And you go from CBS to ESPN. Which I know CBS has more stations because it's a broadcast station. 
But ESPN has that streaming platform of ESPN+. Plus. Now, this is where, before I move on to NASCAR, I also think this is going to help the SRX because you can now get more NASCAR and Indy drivers to participate. When it was on Saturday, they couldn't participate on weekends that they had races. Or they could, but they'd just be kind of in a time crunch. Now it's a Thursday. You can get a lot more of those NASCAR guys and a lot more IndyCar drivers to come out for a weeknight race as you could for a Saturday night race. So I think this is great for the SRX to try and get some more talent. And we don't know those drivers who are going to be in the SRX, but we know this is a multi-year deal. So that tells me the SRX is going to be around for a little bit. Now, let's go to the NASCAR point of view of this. And with that, <clears throat> excuse me, NASCAR, as we've talked about, is coming up on their rights deal in 2024. ESPN now airing SRX full-time starting next season. Are they using this as a buffer to see if racing does well on ESPN again? Because to me, that's what this looks like. And even the uh, CEO of SRX said when this opportunity came out uh, about, he said, when we had the opportunity to pitch the concept of Thursday Night Thunder on ESPN, <coughs> it was my firm belief that this would be another disruptive and monumental moment in SRX and racing history. Disruptive to me right there is the key word. Because they're being a disruptor for NASCAR right now. NASCAR, we already talked about the race teams and how they're wanting more money. Now you have a competing series that is airing on ESPN, a network that you probably were figuring was going to be in the running for these media rights, that maybe if this gets good ratings, maybe they don't need NASCAR. Because I got these six weeks and Thursday. And we know with the ESPN schedule, they have a lot of other stuff going on. Specifically over the Sunday, over the summer with Sunday Night Baseball. So I don't know where you're going to put racing on ESPN unless you're going to ESPN Plus. And you're going to be streaming like they do with hockey right now. That could definitely be a possibility. As a NASCAR fan, mm, not a big fan of that. Plus, you got the Formula One schedule that ESPN is currently broadcasting. They televise all the Formula One races in the U.S., so, I think if you're NASCAR, this is not a good thing. This is not a good thing at all. Now, we'll have to wait and see how it turns out. But the fact that ESPN, a, a network that you probably thought you were going to be talking to for these meteorites, which you're hoping go up, now they've found someone else. So, it's either going to, if, if SRX does well on ESPN, it could be great for NASCAR because that could mean, oh, hey, there are race fans out there who are going to tune into ESPN to watch these races, so let's get more of them. Or it could go, oh, well, we have nothing on Thursdays and these races are doing well. We don't need anything else. We'll just keep it here because it's not disrupting anything. <coughs> Plus, it's only six weeks over the summer. It's not 36 weeks. So to me, NASCAR, with this news about ESPN getting into the SRX uh, space is not good for NASCAR. It's not. It's definitely going to put some pressure on the NASCAR group and the NASCAR uh, brass who already are having issues with the safety of the cars, as we talked about. They've already had issues with the race team saying we want more money in this media rights deal. There's a lot of issues going on in NASCAR right now. A lot. And this is definitely not going to help things. So, again, this is uh, this is definitely something you're going to have to to watch if you're a NASCAR fan because this is going to be going to be something that's going to going to affect the media rights coming up in 2024. All right, that does it for the starting lineup for today. Make sure you join us on the podcast as we'll be talking about this day in sports history and wrapping up all the other sports center stuff we did not get to. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. for another edition of the starting lineup. Coming up next, Barton Hahn right here on 98.9 The Game. Thanks for listening to The Starting Lineup on 98.9 The Game. (laughs) 
Welcome back in to the starting lineup podcast. It's overtime. <coughs> Boy, the cough man returns, huh? I tell you what, I apologize for my coughing, but hey, what do you got to do? So um, let's uh, let's get to the sports center, and then we'll get to this day in sports history. Not a lot here on the uh, the pod, but we will try and get to you. Uh, get to what we can. Uh, interim coach Jeff Saturday isn't backing down from his desire to be the full-time head coach of the Colts. Saturday said on Tuesday that he's not wavering and has loved his time in the role. Coach owner Jim Ursay has committed to conducting a traditional coaching search and it's presumed Saturday will be among the candidates to permanently replace Frank Wright, who was fired in November. Indy, of course, visits the Vikings on Saturday. We'll have that game on WCRA. Um, Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray is going to miss the rest of the season as it was a torn ACL. Cliff Kingsbury confirmed the news on Tuesday following further testing. Murray suffered the non-contact injury in Monday's loss to Patriots. Backup quarterback Colt McCoy also underwent an MRI on Tuesday for a head injury, but he's expected to be ready to start Sunday's game in Denver. Uh, Baker Mayfield is expected to start for the Rams in their Week 15 clash with the Packers in Green Bay. Head coach Sean McVay said quarterback John Wolford is unlikely to play due to a neck injury. Paves the way for Mayfield to make his first official start for the Rams after being claimed off of waivers from the Panthers. He's looking to build some momentum after taking down the Raiders 17-16 in a Thursday night thriller. Los Angeles is last in the West at 4-9. The Packers are 5-8. and eight. Uh, I think I saw some other... Um, Injury kind of news at the quarterback position as Zach Wilson with the Jets will now be quarterback two as Joe Flacco will not be dressing. So Zach Wilson will be dressing once again for the uh, the Jets. It's just been a crazy situation over there. The NFL Players Association is inquiring into why Monday night's game wasn't stopped when New England Patriots wide receiver Devontae Parker showed concussion symptoms. Parker was wobbly getting up after a hit in the first half, and teammate Nelson Aguilar had to signal to the officials to stop the game and remove Parker before the next play. On Tuesday, Parker called out the NFL via his Instagram story and thanked Aguilar for being, quote, aware of the situation. Earlier this season, the league fired an unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant for allowing Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tonga-Vailoa to re-enter a game despite showing concussion symptoms. Mississippi State plans to play in its upcoming bowl game following the death of its head coach. The news was confirmed by the school athletic director to ESPN after it was announced that Mike Leak died Monday night. Defensive coordinator Zach Arnett will serve as the head coach. Mississippi State, of course, as we know, is going to play Illinois on January 2nd. The stadium that's home to the NFL's Buccaneer has a pirate ship. Leach's nickname, by the way, was the Pirate. So we'll be on the lookout for that. Like I said, if you're looking for entertainment, go against Illinois. Everything's just adding up for it not to be a fun one for the Illini there in Tampa. And finally, Argenta, Argentina, not Argenta, that's around here. Argentina is moving on to the World Cup final. Lionel Messi converted a penalty in the first half to get a goal, and it was 3-0. They defeated Croatia. France takes on Monaco tomorrow in the other semifinal match. The winner will face Argenta in Argentina in the finals on Sunday. That is your Sports Center update. <coughs> All right. Let's get to this day in history and then we'll get out of here so you don't have to keep listening to me cough. And actually we got a couple days to get caught up on. So December 12th, 1968, Arthur Ashe became the first African American to be ranked number 1 in tennis. Also December 12th 2002, LeBron James, who was still attending St. Vincent St. Mary's High School, made his national TV debut on ESPN as James scored 31 points in a 20-point win over high school powerhouse Oak Hill Academy. December 13th, 1983, in the highest-scoring game in NBA history, the Pistons beat the Nuggets 184 to 184. The game goes three overtimes, with the teams combining for 80 points in just the overtime periods. December 13th, 1996, Roger Clemens left Boston for Toronto in free agency. He only pitches two seasons in Canada, but wins the AL Cy Young Award in both years. One of four teams that Clemens would win the award with. Clemens finished a tenure with Toronto with a 41-13 and record, a 233 ERA, and 563 strikeouts. Very impressive. Uh, December 13th, 1997, Michigan cornerback, wide receiver, kicker turner Charles Woodson became the first in a day only primary defensive player to win the Heisman Trophy. Woodson gets 433 first place votes to beat out three other finalists for the award. Those three would be Tennessee quarterback Peyton Manning, Washington State quarterback Ryan Leaf, and Marshall wide receiver Randy Moss. 
One of those four is not like the other. See if you can figure out who it is. December 13th, 2007, the Mitchell Report, the work of former Senator George Mitchell, is published. The report calls the steroid era in the sport a collective failure and names 89 former and present big league players who allegedly used illegal performance-enhancing drugs, including Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, and Gary Sheffield. Also, December 13, 2007, after opting out of his deal that he signed in 2000, Alex Rodriguez signed a 10-year, $275 million deal to remain with the Yankees. <coughs> that wouldn't even get you in the door today, right? 10-year, 275. Correa just signed 13 and 350. Trey Turner was 10-year, 300. So, A-Rod, I remember when he re-signed that deal in 07, everyone was like, oh my gosh, that's such a big deal. Well, still not a big deal. Not a big deal anymore. December 13th, 2009, Broncos wide receiver Brandon Marshall set an NFL record with 21 receptions in a game against the Colts. And December 13th, 2015, Cleo Mack recorded five sacks in a 15-12 win against the Broncos. All right, going today, December 14th, 1992, L.A. Raiders safety Eddie Anderson sets a Monday night football record with a 102 yard interception return touchdown off of Dan Marino. It was the Raiders' only score in a 20-7 loss to Miami. December 14th, 2007, after starting their season with a stunning upset of Michigan in Ann Arbor, Appalachian State claims its third straight FCS National Championship with a 49-21 win over Delaware at Finley Stadium in Chattanooga, Tennessee. The Mountaineers were the first team to win three straight Division I AA FCS National Championships. A feat North Dakota State would later surpass with five straight 2011 to 2015. And finally, on this day, back in 2011, Chris Paul was traded from the New Orleans Hornets to Los Angeles Clippers just days after a trade that would have sent him to the Lakers was vetoed by Commissioner David Stern. There's still some question marks about that trade that would have happened. So there you go. That is what was happening on this day in sports history. Well, I believe that'll wrap things up here for the starting lineup for today. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Have a uh, a great rest of your Wednesday, and let me see here if I can go ahead and play us out. Play us out, Johnny. Thank you, Johnny. We're going to go ahead and get on out of here. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Peace.